really the main two sets of scripture that we're looking at, not just today, but also next week. If you could go ahead and move forward into slides, just a couple of slides there, maybe one, we'll see. Jesus in your future, stay there for a moment. So last week we started a new series, and last week's sermon was the first one in that series. Today is the second one. We are talking about Jesus and your future. Now this is going to go a few different directions. As last week we talked about a New Year's fear, a New Year's God. Today we're talking about out with the old. And next week we'll be talking about in with the new. But specifically a new creation. It's a new year and a new you. And we'll be moving on there to talk about what does it mean to really know Christ. And to make him known as we look at this new vision for a new year. It's not really a new vision. But a vision which we need to realize this is what we're trying to do in this community and in yourselves and how are we doing that with our life. So last week's sermon on New Year's Eve was a New Year's fear. And just a quick summary for you on that. We concentrated our attention on Isaiah 6 and a vision of God seated high and lifted up upon his throne. The seraphim were honoring him, worshiping him, serving him. And Isaiah repented as he realized he was in God's holy presence. As he realized the full control of God and his power. And with this came the idea that we need to evaluate our idea of who God is. Our understanding of, understanding of who God is. You see, often our understanding, our picture of God is limited. We don't really realize the full holiness and power that God has. And with a new year upon us and a new year's fear is beginning... We must focus not on the fear, but on a new year's God. A God which is fully in control over his creation. A God which causes us not to fear, but to have somebody to focus on who is fully in control. Holy, righteous, powerful, majestically, rolling and watching over all of his kingdom. Everything. And fully in control. Today we transition to a new thought. The new thought is out with the old. And you'll see the scripture at the bottom of this next slide. Romans 8, 6 to 11, Ephesians 4, 17 to 32. We're going to talk a little bit about the new creation, but we're mainly going to be focusing on the new next week. Today, we're talking about out with the old. And you see, we often talk about all of these goals for the new year, all these grand ideas for your future, but we fail to realize that we cannot continue towards the future without throwing out things of the past. Every year we should be looking to things of the past that we need to get rid of. This is especially true as we look to our, towards our life with God, our ways of God, how we live in for God. We can't continue to try to live for God with some of these things from our old selves still invading into our lives, invading into His space, His time. We cannot continue to improve upon ourselves if we're holding on to our old ways. You see, it's like a toxic poison that we continue to take, and we're not realizing that we're taking this poison. But the poison continues to make us fall away from our true path, our true purpose that God has from us, true life that He has for us. The two things cannot coexist. We cannot continue to poison ourselves with the toxic ways of our sinful past, our sinful nature, our sinful old self, and serve Him. Our old things, they just don't mix. You see, maybe the poison you're taking isn't enough where it seems to you like, like it's caused you to completely fall away and die or fall away from God. 
But it's enough that's, that's preventing you from your full future self that God has planned for you. We must not listen to our heart. And maybe that sounds a little weird to you because the world says, listen to your heart. Your heart knows where you should be. But in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, we read, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, slanders. You see, it's not that we can't listen to our heart, but we need to make sure that our heart is focused on God. We need to make sure that our minds are focused on God. We need to make sure we're opening our eyes, opening our ears, all of our senses looking for God in our life. And what direction is He calling us to go with the new self? And as we're feeling this lack of confidence, this lack of hope, as we're struggling with the day, we don't look to our old ways for comfort. We look for a new ways, which is going to God. I'll give you an example of toxic living. You see, this week with the encouragement from a few friends and the support of my wife, I signed up for a New Year's challenge. A challenge which may just kill me, but I'm hoping it won't. But it's definitely, if nothing else, going to whip me into shape and help me get back to health. So many of you probably already know what direction I'm going, and it's a fitness challenge. A challenge which is a challenge, and in fact, is called a tough mutter. So, some of you are already laughing at this idea of a tough mutter, so you know what direction this is going. You know what it means. A tough mutter is an obstacle course run. Now, some of you in here I know are running this run, and one of you specifically had invited me to run it with you. I don't know if you're in this service or not, but I hope that you lift me up and you help me to keep on going. I'm sure you will. If you are going on this, I invite you to let me know you're going to the Tough Mudder in the Twin Cities in July so that maybe we can train together. We can help each other out and lift each other up. I've done a lot of 5K runs. That's about 3.2 miles. I've done some 10K runs and even a half marathon. But one thing I've never done is a Tough Mudder. I've never done a full marathon. A full marathon is just something I never wanted to do because... Uh, despite the feeling of accomplishment and achievement with such a feat, it just takes too much time out of the day for training and for the run itself for me. As most people do it, I'm, I'm throwing a number out there, in approximately four hours. Maybe that's long, maybe that's early. I mean, if you're a world record runner, maybe it's a little over two hours. But for me, it'd be eight hours. And that's a lot of training. Now, my brother, my brother is one who is one of those crazy people. I got him back into running a few years back when I was doing all of these runs. And before I knew it, he was out running 20 miles a day. See, most people are trained for a full marathon. They pick one day a week or two days a week that they run their long run. And the rest of the days, they do their short run. Well, my brother was so dedicated to this challenge and to preparing for it. He was doing the full 20-some miles every day as he trained for this new challenge that he wanted to do. Even, I remember him even calling me after a run in zero-degree temperatures, blizzard conditions, and letting him, and he was letting me know, just so you know, iPhones are not good at zero-degree weather when you're out in the snow running for three hours. It would freeze up and it would start on him. I mean, and stop on him, shut off. And that's how crazy he was. It's not something I ever wanted to do, but one thing I've always wanted to do is a Tough Mudder. A Tough Mudder is tough. It's not just a run, it's an obstacle course run. It's not just a few miles, it is 10 miles of running and 20 plus obstacles to climb over. Think of basic training with, well, the Marines. 
Um, in fact, there's probably a lot of Marines there, but it's mud, mud, and more mud. It's water, and it's just nasty conditions. But in order to prepare for this new challenge, to conquer this challenge, and achieve a success in this new gold I have, I must throw out the old. Now here's the, the example for you that you guys may get. I cannot continue to eat ice cream every night after the kids go to bed. There's my, there's my admission, my guilt to the kids. I wait till they go to bed, then I eat a big bowl of ice cream. Um, or my wife will give me a hard time, because I'll cook myself a second dinner at 10 o'clock at night. Um, maybe a midnight snack. Some of you men know what I'm talking about there. But that's not healthy. It's, it's toxic towards this new self that I'm trying to achieve, towards the direction I'm trying to go. I cannot sit inside and veg all winter simply because it's too cold to go outside. If I want to get in shape, I must put on a new self. I must realize that I need to put aside these old ways. Or it continues to put toxins into my body and prevents me from achieving the full goal that I'm trying to achieve. If you're wanting to lose weight, you cannot continue to eat a dozen donuts every day. Now, I'm obviously exaggerating with that one for my point. I can fully admit I've never ate one dozen donuts in a day. Maybe a half dozen. But it does prove my point that if you're trying to achieve this new goal, this new self, you must throw away your old ways. And it's the same way as we look to our new self, our new creation that we find we are after we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But just like that, we must train for this new way. We must train for the challenge. We must prepare for this challenge. And that's where we find ourselves looking to an example in Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 11. So with that said, if you guys would please open your Bibles, hopefully you're still there, to Romans 8, 6 through 11, and go ahead and stand as we read God's Word, if you're able to stand. No Bible will against you. If you ever just have to sit, maybe you're not feeling well today, or any day, let us pray for you, though. All right, so Romans 8, 6 through 11, we read this. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead... Because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You may be seated. Thank you. I'm always afraid I'm going to forget to tell you to be seated. So if I ever forget, just be seated, okay? Don't, don't feel like you have to continue to stand. Jesus and his ways are the best ways for us to live our life, and the best ways for us to look to our future, because Jesus is our future. Jesus is the future we need to be striving to, to get to. The challenge that we have before us isn't training for a tough butter. That's one little challenge that I have, but our ultimate challenge is to live according to God's ways and not our own. To look to our new creation, our new selves, and not our old self, not our old ways. We must throw that aside.
So let's start with the thought in verse 6 of our old self, without with the old. People may think that they need to continue to look to the old for comfort. People may think that they do not want to give up the things of the world to follow God in His way. But we must, and you must, point out to both yourselves and to them that this is the right way to live our lives. The right way to live our lives is to focus on God. Not focus on ourselves, the world, or our old ways, but the new ways. The old life is toxic. Not just to the new self or future, but to your life in general. And the world knows that there's consequences to their actions. To drunkenness, to alcohol, to smoking, to relationships, which should not be relationships in that way until you're married. There's, there's many ways that, that we see the world seeking out things which are against God's will, against His law. And there's consequences even in the world for those things. But they don't realize it because they're blinded. But if they're open to God's word, to God's way, to life, they can begin to see the future that God has for him. We need to point that out to not just ourselves, but to them as well. Your new life is one with the spirit within you. You should be living according to the natural ways that he is leading you. And we notice that it's the spirit within you that is naturally leading you, not the sin. We need to look to the spirit that is within us. Do not argue or work against the Spirit, or you're not going to achieve the full future that God has planned for you. You see, sugar tastes good. Ice cream tastes great. A midnight snack of leftover pizza or wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, it tastes great. But when you're doing it at the wrong times, when you're doing it in the wrong ways, when you're overdoing it, it's bad. And it's toxic to your body. It's a toxic combination. As it makes you go back in your ways instead of towards the future. There's one thing which we can overeat on. There's one thing that we can never focus on too much. And that's on God and His law, His ways. So back here to Romans, we see, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. We do not want to focus our minds on the, on the flesh, on the things of the world. We need to focus our minds on the Spirit. Because the Spirit is what brings us life. The Spirit is what brings us peace. And it doesn't mean we don't struggle with that. Like I said, I can remember countless times myself and friends and family as they're struggling to find peace in their lives. <clears throat> Maybe it's a death in the family or a friend. Maybe it's, it's a lack of a job or the job is going well. And they're looking to the things of the world for peace. It never truly brings peace because the Spirit is the one we need to look to for that. But as we read on, we see anyone, I'm sorry, let me read on here where I should be. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It's toxic. The two things cannot go together. You cannot continue to focus on the flesh and focus on God. We must submit to His law, His ways, and as we submit to His law, His ways, we see that that is truly the right way to live, the best way to live. And we see that He is the one who truly pleases us, who truly gives us what we need in times of need. Verse 8 tells us, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And this is very much a basic statement of what it means to be a Christian. The old life leads to destruction, but the new life found only in Jesus leads to eternal life with Him. 
But let's go ahead and go on a few um, in the slides there. And I want to bring you up to, if we're focused upon Jesus, if we're not focused upon Jesus, we are dead. If we're not focused upon Jesus, we are dead. Go ahead and keep on going there. Should be a little while further. There we go. Back. Just a couple. All right. If our minds are not focused upon Jesus, then we are dead. That's what this is telling us, is that we must focus on the Spirit for life. But the first thing we need to do is focus on God. And this is the number one reason to be out with the old this year. Out with the old every day of your life is not simply as a lifestyle, but to trust in Jesus for your new life. And then the next slide there is to have life. And why should we be out with the old? It's for your future life, for your new you. Do you remember the Romans road? This tells us about our old selves, about focusing on the flesh compared to Jesus. We're told what focusing on the flesh does to us. For Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are sinners and we need forgiveness. None of us are worthy. And then the next slide there, Romans 6.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we remain sinners, we will die. That's our old self. Our old self causes us to die because we're not seeking out God as our Lord and Savior. But if we repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior over our life, we may have life, eternal life. And that's our new creation. And if we have that new life, we must think, how does He want us to live according to His law and His will in His future? For his future, it's a bright future that we should desire. Romans 10, 9-10 tells us that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you are saved. In Romans 10, 13, we read, For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you are made new. All we must do is call upon the name of the Lord. Take the first step to be out with the old today. Throw out the life of the world. Stop focusing on the mind of the flesh, the things which die and fail you, false hope and false gods. What gods you have in your life that you're serving, that you're giving more time to, than the one true God who saves you. Trust Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you truly know who He is? Do you trust Him? Do you set your mind on the Spirit that He brings to your life? Do you trust Him with your life? And does your life's actions say that? Does your life's actions show that to all that are around you? Help someone else to be out with the old. The person with their mind set on the flesh is doomed for destruction, but you can help them to find life. You can help them to find their new self. <coughs> the person with their mind set upon the things of the Spirit or on things of God is very much alive. Alive because their future being guaranteed in Christ. Their hope is in Jesus. Are you alive? Are you hopeful? Are those around you alive and hopeful? Are they living like they're alive? See, I think too often we live 
like we're not alive. We live like we're doomed. And we don't know what to praise God for, but we fail to realize that the very fact that we have life through Him, the very fact that we can trust in Him and have Him as our Lord, our Savior, that is life. And we are alive because of such, and we should be praising Him for that. Where is your hope found? Don't be like a boat tossed around on the waves, which one day is going one direction, one day is going another direction. Instead, focus on God and His law. And in Ephesians 4, 14, we read, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. We must focus on God as we are this new creation. Not just as we start to be, but continually every day, so that we might trust in His ways and know what His ways are, know His doctrine, the beliefs that He tells us to believe, so that the world cannot make us be tossed around on the sea. Focus on God's law, God's way of life. Here we have more proof that the old self is toxic. As we read verses 7 to 8. And then as we read on. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. When you find your new self... You must turn away from the old self. Don't be tempted to continue to run in the wrong direction. But instead, just like this tough mutter, I'm going to know that I need to keep pressing forward. We need to press forward as well. We need to remember that we have the spirit that dwells inside of us. If we truly know God, if we truly know Jesus, the spirit is within us to lead us in the right direction. Don't argue with him. But instead, let him take control of your life. I had a reminder this week from a man here at Bloomer Baptist Church, and a past illustration I love. And it's when you're driving, you focus on the road in front of you, not on the road behind you. If you continue to focus behind you and look behind, you're doomed for destruction, and eventually you're going to hit something. Don't allow, don't allow that to happen to your life with God. Focus on him as front and center, and allow the Spirit to dwell in you in a way which... You look to Him for the direction that you turn, the direction that you go. Next week, we'll be focusing on more of the ways of the new life. If we look more to Ephesians chapter 4, I do want to read that before we leave, so that we might be challenged this week or convicted to how are we living now. Does it look like the picture that we see in the Bible of the new life, of a new crea creation? But before we get there, I do have another point for you. A new, another slide, it's this. Does your life look like a new creation? Does your life still look like your old self, the old you, or does it look like a new you? Verse 9 gives us a great reminder that we have the Spirit dwelling within us. But are we suppressing it? Are we pushing it aside and not allowing the Spirit to really take control and grasp on Maybe you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you are a new creation in Him. But maybe you need to recommit your life to Him and say, God, I do trust in You. But my life is not showing it to those around me. My life is not really even showing it to myself. I need to trust in You and realize I am not this old self anymore. So I need to stop looking to the old self for how to live. The Spirit of God dwells inside all who trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'd like to give you one more point. So why be out with the old? 
Wide the outlets the old. The one was for your future self, for life. But secondly, so that God might use you for his future plans. If you're not truly throwing out the old, you're preventing God from working his plan through you for the future. We're talking about Jesus and your future. But you're not allowing a future with God if you're not throwing out the old. I have a good example, an article from J.D. Greer, one of my favorite preachers to listen to and to watch. And it's through an article he posted. I'll try and remember to post this on Facebook if you want to read it. It's called, God Can't Multiply What You Haven't Sown. It's a very biblical example. It's straight from the Bible. And in Galatians 6-7, the Apostle Paul highlights what he is an absolute principle in Scripture. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Throughout the rest of Galatians 6, Paul helps us apply this principle more specifically to our money and our possessions and what we're doing with such. Paul has done this elsewhere, and in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, we read, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Here's the law number one that he gives us in the, this article to go along with that. I'm not going to read them all, but law one is the harvest is limited to the planting. Now we have a lot of farmers in here. You understand that a lot more than I do, but the harvest is limited to the planting. You can only harvest what you plant. In J.D. Greer's words, you can only harvest what you plant. In other words, if you haven't sown it, God can't multiply it. Now, J.D. Greer goes on to talk about the multiplication that occurs in John 6, where Jesus is standing before 5,000 hungry people. More like 15,000 is what they say, if you include the women and children in that passage. But I want to give you this idea. It's only if you put what you have in the hands of Jesus that it can be multiplied. Not just in that story, but in your life. We tend to reserve that. We, try, we tend to say, well, if God multiplies what I have, then I'll give it away to him. But God says, give it away, and it will be multiplied. As long as, you're focused on, as long as you are focused on the old self, we are prohibiting the new life from taking over. The new life is a life that we must be striving to have. And that's my idea for this. The harvest is limited to the planting. You can only harvest what you plant. In other words, if you haven't sown it, God can't multiply it. My thought behind that is you are prohibiting Jesus in your future from ever taking place if you're holding on to the things of the past, to your old self. We must allow the old self to be put away so that we may live the new life that Jesus has planned for us. The old self must be put away